What's going on, you tripping tundra-dwelling tarantulas? Welcome to episode 18 of Total Pod Mode. My name is James, also known as Mr. Bames, and I am, as always, joined by, what was it, Wondrous Will? I think Wondrous Will, I think, at this point. Was that all we fell on? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm joined by <laughs> Wondrous Will, also known as Huda Funk. What's up, you rampant, reformed rabbis? Ooh, hello. Yeah. Giving I, it a go yourself, eh? I, uh, yeah, I, don't accuse me of stealing the thunder, but I, I had to give it a go in light of the uh, end of the Game Awards events that we uh, witnessed uh, about a week and a half ago now, is it, James? A bit behind the times on that, but the uh, meme's not dead. It will be by the time this comes out. It will be by the time this comes out, yeah. So, man, how are you doing? How, how have you been since last week? Obviously, some things have happened. The Game Awards. I've sobered up. Good <laughs> Following times. your Christmas party, yeah. Yeah. I've been kind of fighting the uh, festive spirit this week a little bit. I ended up in Spain over last weekend to see some family and uh, had a nice little time. Yeah. A few cervezas. A few, few cervezas, por favor. We had some tapas, some tapas, as I like to call them. Oh, some tapas. Some tapas, yeah. We also ate Italiano and uh, we just did a lot of eating, basically. We also somehow ended up in a curry house, got some nice, uh, <laughs> nice. chorizo bolti. Oh, that, that sounds horrific. Yeah, korma empanadas. Delicious, delicious. I'm imagining like some sort of enchilada that is a naan bread just like stuffed with <laughs> stuffed with like tikka meat with cheese on it or something. Pretty that much, be, it'll do. To be fair, that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, like, man. You haven't lived until you tried a chicken tikka paella. Oh boy. <laughs> I can see that. It could work. That one could actually work, yeah. yeah. All of this just works. Nice man, where it sounds like you chowed down. Had some proper nice meals and stuff, and you know, by all accounts, probably have a nice suntan there. I don't proper know what I'm saying. Probably, gosh. I can literally see you. Yeah, I'm not really glowing, am I? Am I glowing? You caught some colour. A little bit of colour. Say, wouldn't say like your tan. I feel like the sun has colour. aged me a little bit. You've been sun kissed. Sun kissed. I'll take little it. Peck. Hey, little yeah. peck. Looking sun kissed in December for an Englishman. It's not bad. Not bad going at all. But yes, now that we've uh, segued out of that really smoothly. Are you sure about that? Let's uh, let's hit up those socials. I didn't even ask you how you were. But, uh, you anyway. ask me how I am? Nah, let's just move on. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts, really. Just search for Total Pod Mode and you're sure to find us. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. And whilst you're there, you can find me at Mr. Bames. And I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. And you can find me at whodafunk.com on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash hoodafunk. I'm fine, by the way. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Anyway, on to the catch-up. <laughs> so, Will, obviously had a little bit of time in Spain, uh, as you mentioned in uh, the start of the show there. Has that affected your ability to play some games, or have you been able to get some gaming in this week? Yeah, I've definitely been able to put some time into the games this week. Uh, I've been mostly focusing on uh, a lot of the same titles that I was talking about last week. Uh, I managed to squeeze in a little bit of time on Modern Warfare 2 last night, which was uh, a little exciting. They've released a Season 1 mid-season patch. Uh, they've finally added the additional shipment map, which is a very tight, small map. I don't know whether you've previously played that. You may well have done playing. They're the ones from the old Modern Warfares. Yeah, old Modern Warfares, I think they may have appeared in some of the Black Ops titles as well, but it's like a very small map with cargo containers in the middle and you can run around in circles. I definitely know it because I've heard um, shouts to George. I've heard George talk about how when he was grinding... Yeah, right, it's just a dream map. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can just get an insane amount of kills on it. Is it like Nuketown? Because Nuketown was like that as well. Uh, it's it's much smaller than Nuketown. Much, smaller much, than Nuketown? Oh, Jesus. Way smaller okay, than Nuketown. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, Nuketown's it's... Nuketown are big. Yeah, Nuketown's a very kind of it's like a main sort of three lane kind of map. It's like very two small, buildings, compacted. and then you've got the middle bit, yeah, and then like the gardens behind them. This is a much more compact map in the sense that you will uh, you're constantly being shot in the back, and you're also constantly finding plenty of people to get around and hunt down. Yeah, it makes sense. I've been mostly kind of progressing with my knife at this point because it's just a great opportunity in shipment to essentially level up a lot of the weapons that are quite a bore like to level up typically. So I managed to max level out the knife in just a single evening sticking on nice. a double XP token. And I also managed to unlock the gold skin for it, and that was all just in one evening, so very easy. That would have no doubt taken me a lot longer in the regular standard modes. Yeah, and now you can run around calling yourself Golden Knife. Absolutely, yeah, get that one-hit Golden Knife kill, sprinting oh, is around. That, is it one hit, is it? Knife is a one-hit kill, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have the knife equipped, though, in your hands, you just melee them, and you have to do two melee hits, I think. And can you dual-wield knives yet? No, <laughs> not yet, but um, who knows what, dope, what the uh, future melee weapons in this they did have those kind of like uh clubs that you could run around with in modern warfare one and i'd like yeah. to see some blades instead that'd be kind of cool i've heard that the tactical knife is coming back at some point the knife that's sort of ejectable out of the handle so looking forward to playing with that at some point again Along with the addition of that map in the update, they've also included a kind of Rocket League game, believe it or not. Right. So they've actually got a game where you ride around, I think it's three versus three or maybe four versus four, where you can actually drive quad bikes around a football pitch and you have to knock a football into the goals and it controls exactly how Call of Duty controls. So it's a little bit janky at first. Right. Takes quite a bit of practice. I would say it's definitely not as uh, quite as easy to pick up and play as Rocket League, shall we say. I think that if this was... The equivalent of Rocket League's initial attempt. Let's just say I don't think it would have got off the ground. But uh, for okay. a Call of Duty thing, it's very novel. You can use a boost ability that recharges, and if you crash into a player, they blow up, very similar to Rocket League as well. And you can also pick up shock sticks as you drive around, and if you press a button, you'll be able to chuck one of those and sort of EMP the other vehicles as they go as well. That's a proper gimmicky shit, then. Yeah, it's, it is. It, absolutely. It's a gimmicky thing that goes along with the World Cup, and I think that actually I'm quite happy to see some sort of silly game modes added to Call of Duty. I'm all yeah, We're not for talking that. about the World Cup anymore, though. <laughs> well, not... Well, what do you mean after the uh, the event that we, we shall not talk? Okay, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, I think that it's a nice sort of like a nice promotion for for the event that we shall no longer mention. And nah, uh, you can talk about the World Cup. <laughs> I've decided that I'm French. Oh no! Oh no! Pass right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's just a nice fun thing for players to get into. If you're really stuck on playing Call of Duty, I suppose it's a bit of a diversion and a bit of a break you can take away from the uh, the regular modes. And I'm just keen to see them include a few more of those modes. I'm really quite badly missing Infection. I'd like to see that coming back in, in a update to come out soon. Well, I'm sure there's every chance, man. I mean, the game's actually only been out, what, a couple of months, three months? Something like that, yeah. So there's still plenty of time for them to do stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. They've already said that they're going to be supporting this game for two years, so just, yeah. Uh, yeah, looking forward to what comes next. And I'm just glad to see that they're playing with this stuff already. It means that there's just going to be more to come. So, uh, yeah, yeah, good news with that update. Yeah, so I look forward to that being the new Gulag in Warzone. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, if you have to score a goal in Call of Duty Rocket League, my god. Exactly. One-on-one. -on -one. Everyone has rocket launchers as well. All of the spectators have rocket launchers instead of rocks. <laughs> yeah. And it can't actually destroy the car, but it jumps them up in the air if you shoot it in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> so if they're about to go through on goal and score, you can just sabotage them horribly. I'd like to see it. I, I mean, that sounds like dope, actually. <laughs> it sounds like an absolute nightmare to win. Too time-consuming for the gulag, too, but hey. Yeah, We can yeah, dream. We yeah. can dream. 
Other than that, this week, I played a little bit of Stardew Valley. Uh, not very much to say there. We're just about to approach autumn now. My hot chili pepper harvest was extremely bountiful. I've been going around the village and passing those bad boys out, and everyone's quite happy with me now. We're, we're on better terms after Except the whole fish yeah. incident. Except Pierre. <laughs> Pierre still gets his daily dose of uh, algae and seaweed. Nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, I haven't made much headway with Abigail at the moment. It turns out that she wasn't all that impressed by my foraged flowers that I'm just pulling out of the ground on my way to Pierre's. So Really? I mean, like, the dialogue seems that she likes it, but it doesn't seem to be getting me anywhere in terms of, uh, you know, a relationship. Or, in terms or of her calling you daddy. Her calling me daddy, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is obviously goal number one in the game. <laughs> well, no, the goal number one in the game is to is to destroy Pierre. Uh, and, and I feel like telling him that fact will bring me one step closer to achieving that yeah. goal. The, 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 the Abigail thing is, is you know, it, it's, it's a consequence of the tirade against Pierre that I'm currently... Yes, there's no love. You're literally using her. Absolutely. Yeah. I do need to be clear that this is this is my Stardew character. This isn't... <laughs> yeah, that's not going to make the edit. You're going to sound like a monster. You monster! Um, so I got uh, to level 50 in the mine, though, which is pretty cool. I'm very happy with nice. that. I finally got some actually decent weapons now i got myself a catapult i got myself a scimitar which i brought from the adventurers guild after i think after you get there's further, an adventurers guild there's an adventurers guild that i think as you progress further down into the mine they start selling you better things that you can then equip right. yourself with i got some combat boots and i also got some tundra boots which i can only assume increase your cold resistance or something like that so i've actually dug so deep into the mine now that i've now ended up in kind of like an ice realm instead of like an underground tunnel sort of thing oh wow so yeah it's cool uh and i reckon that there's probably about 100 levels to the mine all in all just looking at they have a level counter and there's about half of the board still remaining so i'm going to go ahead right. and guess there's 100 levels so they have like not necessarily bosses, but do they have sort of big enemies down there? Or is it just mobs? The biggest enemy I've found so far, there is a giant slime. But that's about the biggest thing I've seen so far. The rest of everything is just mobs. There's bats, there's zombies, there's little blob things that kind of look like slimes. So you're probably not going to get yetis or abominable snowmen or anything like that? I really don't know. Yeah, I think like I said last week, I'd really like to see a boss or some sort of larger enemies and things like that. It'd be really cool if that was the final boss, but... I guess in my mind, if I'm halfway there, something tells me that if I haven't seen anything yet, it could be could well be unlikely. Ah, fingers crossed. You never know. Pierre could still be the final boss. <laughs> or it's Abigail all along and she just knows your plan. Oh, wow. Well, she's been using me all along, in fact, actually, because she also hates Pierre. She just wants to torture him by dating the, the village drunk, because that's kind of all I am at the moment. I mean, I'm meant to be a farmer, but I just kind of wander around getting boozed up, digging in the mine and giving people fish and assorted vegetables. It's kind of yeah. kind of a weird guy. Weird life that you live in that Stardew Valley. Hey, every town needs one, mate. <laughs> Everyone needs a village nutter. Well, yeah, I thought Linus was going to fulfill that role initially in the game, but it turns out that it was me all along, actually. Linus is a pretty steady guy, and he basically just survives on foraging and lives in a tent on the outskirts of town. Yeah, no, I, I feel like there's something to him. He's actually, I, I, I think I, I, actually I he's like God. Or something. I think that he's yeah, actually... It's going to be something like that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's, he's like a physical embodiment of a deity just on Earth. Yeah, or he's dead. <laughs> I see dead people. So that was pretty much me for the week, man. What about you? I have obviously been doing the challenge that you sent me last week, which has taken up some of my time. But other than that, I have cracked on a little bit with Final Fantasy XII. 
uh, which I discussed last week. Very good. How you been getting on with it? It's, it's going well, man. It's it, I don't know if there's too much I can say that wouldn't be repeating what I said last week because I'm still. Well, I say I'm still. I I was still treading over ground that I'd done before. I got. I, I think I mentioned on last week's pod that I had gotten to pretty much where I thought I'd gotten up to as a kid. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that I had must have actually gotten a little bit further than I thought I had back in the day because the next sort of couple of bits that I got to, I was like, this rings a bell. But then I finally surpassed that and I'm now starting to do stuff that I don't think I've done before. Ah, cool. You finally hit that point now. It's new content as far as you're concerned. Well, hopefully... I'm a little bit worried that I might get past the bit I'm currently in, and then it's like, oh, I know, actually, I did, I do remember. You'll this. fight a certain boss and be like, "Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah." Yeah, I or, or I'll enter an area <laughs> and be like, "No, I have explored here before." Because there's one boss that I distinctly remember doing as a kid that I haven't got to yet. Huh? Do you think that's your kid brain lying to you, or do you think that's like? A no, I, I remember event, it clear or? as day. Right, right. Clear as day. Because <laughs> it's not like kid brain. It's like what, 15, 16 year old brain. Oh right. <laughs> hey man, around that age, I'm sure things were pretty hazy. <laughs> oh yeah well, there's a hunter's guild in the game and they give you sort of a bounties essentially right that you right. can go and do at any point in the game and uh, as far as i'm aware any point in the game anyway and they give you sort of just a few extra prizes like some money some cool items or some unique crafting stuff and i, I don't know if it's one of them and i just haven't unlocked it yet or if it's actually a mainline boss so it'd be interesting to see because there's still a couple of hunts that i haven't done that i had done both back in the day and also in my more recent playthrough on xbox a few years ago so there's definitely still bits that i need to do that i haven't done but in terms of main story i think i'm finally seeing some progress man i think it's uh it's getting to new territories still good story i still remember like most everything at the moment so as i say if i crack on in the next few weeks then there may be more to discuss when the story sort of kicks into a bit more of new territory for me and there's some excitement going but yeah that's that's really all there is because uh, other than that i just played a little bit of uh lost planet but we'll get into that later yeah yeah well i'm looking forward to hearing more when you do progress a little bit more in the game well now that we're all caught up i think it's about time we see how we got on with our predictions last week and also chat a bit about some gaming news <laughs> So our first news story of today, one that I'm sure has got the wondrous Will over here very excited. Oh yes, I've been looking forward to speaking to you about this one. Kojima Productions is making a Death Stranding movie. (laughs) Now contrary to Mr. Hideo Kojima's normal ways of going on, this is not just some bullshit speculation. Kojima Productions has actually entered into a partnership with Hammerstone Studios and they're teaming up to bring the hit video game Death Stranding to the big screen. Apparently, this isn't going to be a like-for-like sort of movie of the game. Okay, yeah. They're going to feature new elements and characters, but it's going to be in the world of Death Stranding. And crucially, for all you Kojima Studios fans out there, and probably you as well, Will, Hideo Kojima is going to be guiding the project. Creatively involved somehow. Exactly. Right. Is he creative director? He hasn't been given that title yet. He's a consultant on the set, I guess, similar to how Druckmann was involved with The Last of Us HBO series. I imagine he'll be like a, a consultant. Yeah, I mean, it says in the article um, from PC Gamer, shout out, that he's going to be working closely with Hammerstone's Alex Lebovici. The producer of films including Bill and Ted Face the Music, Barbarian and Boy Kills World. Bill and Ted Face the Music, that's the most recent Bill and Ted movie, isn't it? It is. I'm not sure. I haven't seen any of the Bill and Ted films. As you know, but as our listeners probably don't know, I am like the worst with films. (laughs) Any any film where you go like, oh yeah, everyone has seen this film, I probably haven't seen it. The anti-movie buff. 
Yeah, but it's not for a dislike of movies. I just no, no, no. I just it's, don't watch movies. That yeah, much. yeah. It's not your preferred media. And yeah, this is a gaming podcast, so unsurprisingly, we like to play games. <laughs> yeah, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts about this because uh, I know that Death Stranding is one of your favorite games. It is indeed. Yeah, I want to know what you think about potential things that could happen in the world. So I'm really interested to hear more about the movie and what they actually do with this. I'll be interested to see whether they go down the whole what's behind the Death Stranding approach on the movie or whether they'll just go into the more kind of what it is living in the harsh reality of the world. I'm, I'm sure that they'll factor in both of those things. But I'm just interested to see how that is drip-fed throughout the movie and whether there will be the same sort of revolutions in the game. You would hope to think that if you had played the game, you would still have some surprises left for you in the movie. Does the world allow that sort of thing? I mean, I, I've played the first hour or two of Death Stranding and I think we've spoken about it, I got nowhere, right? Yeah. Does the yeah. way that the world develops and stuff lend itself to being able to f give further surprises and things like that? I imagine it does because, I mean, you've got things like babies being life or <laughs> whales dropping out the sky or whatever the shit happens in that game. So I imagine there is stuff that you could play with. Absolutely. I would say that, you know, in terms of questions left unanswered from the first game, there were an absolute ton of questions that you could sort of suppose at and spend ages talking about with someone else who completed the game. But at the same time, I think that, yeah, absolutely, they've got plenty of space to just invent new things. Essentially, at this point, it'll be interesting to also see where this takes place because, uh, you know, We'll see how it looks after the events of Death Stranding 2, which we got a glimpse of at the Game Awards. Will this be set prior to Death Stranding 1? Will this be set post-Death Stranding 1? Because, you know, there's obviously significant events that take place during that game. So it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out in the movie. No, yeah, I'm curious to see how it all plays out, man. Because, as I say, I don't know too much about it, but what I have seen, I'd be very curious to see what you could do with that as sort of the backdrop to your your plot line. I mean, you know, things like, and this is really early game stuff, I know, but things like the rain sort of hurting everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a problem. Yeah, and um, the, the sort of dark slender man looking beings that come out and yeah, do stuff. Yeah, yeah. It'd be really interesting to see what they can do with those. And obviously you can tell I'm an absolute noob because I'm sure there's like some really good explanation <laughs> for all of that in the game that I'm just not aware of. But That's kind of what I meant when I, I said about where the storyline lands. It could have some real implications for what's actually going on at the time. It'll be interesting to see in terms of, as you said there what they do within the backdrop, within the kind of the established environment of Death Stranding sort of thing. And it'll be interesting to see what they do there, because to me, that's the most concerning thing, is Death Stranding does seem a little bit all over the place, but at the end of the day, there is a very much a focus on a single goal, and that does lead you to find out a lot more about the game, and it does all relate to the Death Stranding. Whereas if they're using the Death Stranding more as a backdrop and they're just trying to tell all these different stories of different characters, I'm not convinced that would go down so well. And I think that that would be quite concerning. Hard for me to give too much more opinion or context having not played the game at all. But I'm imagining that this isn't going to be Norman Reedus. And if that's the case, do you think they would try and build in loads of different characters so they could all have different arcs in later films or things like that? I mean, it's a tough one yeah i think they could certainly build in different characters but they would have to you know they they could be other people with dooms which is the kind of i don't know the equivalent of the death stranding equivalent of nano machines in metal gear solid it's just kind of oh, so nonsense you get kind of special powers kind of yeah. so there's there's lots they can do with that so yeah, <laughs> yeah. watch this space i guess yeah 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 no i'm excited for it cautiously optimistic is the best way to describe that i think yeah code four please don't f it up <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, moving on to story number two this week. Streamers are sick of gaming, Will. Oh, what will they ever do? Is Dr. Disrespect <laughs> climbing in a hot tub now, or what's what's happening? Well, funnily enough, Dr. Disrespect is one of the people quoted as saying this. All right, okay. So, article from our, our good friends at The Gamer, because we know them really well. We don't, but that's fine. We much prefer The Gamer rants. Yeah, the gamer shout rants to Gamer is, yeah. No articles this week, but Sorry, The Gamer, us. but... Yeah. Yeah. You're cool too, but, you know. You just know Gamer rants. Yeah, exactly. Get an animal in your name, then we'll talk. <laughs> But according to their, their article here, uh, several streamers have reported boredom and disillusionment with the current state of gaming. Oh dear. As I mentioned, Dr. Disrespect is one of the people uh, who's been quoted as having this opinion, but also as part of the collected responses in a tweet that went viral this week, apparently. Hungrybox and Shroud are also of the same opinion. Right, okay. The general sort of consensus on this seems to be that new games coming out are just the same as old games that have been. There's nothing new, There's it's all sort of samey, which I don't particularly agree with. It's not particularly true, no. I, I think yeah. that this was kind of my main observation here when you mentioned some of those names. No offence to any of these guys, given we're no spring chickens ourselves, but a lot of these guys are in their late 20s. I mean, Dr. Disrespect is, I think, in his 40s. I was going to say, he's he's a he's middle-aged. He, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's late late 30s, 40s, I think. But I just think that, uh, I think that this is kind of just a symptom of getting older a little bit. You know, like, I think that this is just a symptom of people that have played games for a long time, particularly as part of a job and part of a career. Yeah. Up to eight hours a day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just becoming a little bit disillusioned with the games coming out and becoming a little bit sort of jaded, I guess. That's kind of exactly where my thought process with this is. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, if I'm having a proper gamer session, like, I can spend eight to ten hours gaming a day, right? But not every day, seven days a week. Also, having to do it as a streamer as well, it's a very exactly. different level of immersing yourself in the game. Particularly someone like Dr. Disrespect, who literally plays a character. Like, it's not even remotely the guy. Yeah, I'm absolutely, sure. yeah. He is. I mean, maybe it's just him dialed up to ten, but, you know, he's really, really putting on. Like, you know, Shroud is still Shroud the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll still have that streamer sort of uh, act, if you like. Cadence. Because you, you, you do. Yeah. yeah, cadence and then, you know, mannerisms and things, because you have to, but it's not like someone like Dr. Disrespect. That must, I imagine that's tiring as fuck, man, honestly. Yeah, man, I think this is kind of just one of those one of those things that a lot of people feel in terms of uh, that and, you know, in terms of getting a bit uh, tired of playing games and, yeah, unsurprisingly, but I don't think this does paint any sort of concerning picture of the future of gaming or anything like that. As you say, it's probably a bit of them just being jaded, potentially getting a bit older. I mean, who knows? It could also be the fact that these guys are very, 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 very good gamers indeed, obviously. Maybe they're just so good that things don't challenge them anymore and it's not as exciting i don't know yeah and, and, and that's kind of that was actually more why i was referencing age as opposed to the fact that they're older it was more the fact that therefore they have seen so many games throughout their life and seen where everything comes from where every single thing is borrowed from that nothing is really new anymore unless you know a, a brand new concept is released that everyone goes crazy about for a short while but typically yeah. that's a gimmick now as opposed to something that's actually a game changer you know yeah like octopus dad yes exactly yeah. it's going to keep the streamers busy for like a couple of weeks or something like that but yeah. it doesn't have the same longevity that games like apex legends and call of duty and fortnite and things like that have yeah so, moving on to our final news story. And I say news story slightly tongue-in-cheek. Uh, <laughs> We're a bit behind the times. News. It is news, but it's more... It was news. 
it's more it was news and seeing whether we know anything about gaming or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Will and I made some predictions for the Game Awards. Now, a little bit of context. We were recording on the evening of the Game Awards. So this was before we had any sort of inside knowledge, even though the episode did come out on Monday. And we didn't do too badly, really, between us. I'm quite happy to see that actually from this list, we got a lot of these right. Yeah. Even begrudgingly, some of them, we were kind of like, yeah, I guess that's probably yeah. going to get it. We'd like to see this one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, let's review a few of what we said and what actually happened. Take it away, James. Best art direction. I personally said that it would probably be Ragnarok, but I'd give a shout out to Scorn. Yeah, and I kind of agreed with you there. I would have yeah. liked to have seen Scorn win this one, but I thought that it was likely that either Elden Ring or God of War were going to take this. I was going to say, and you actually specifically called out Elden Ring, which was the eventual winner of this award. Now, I didn't get it right, but I have absolutely no issue with Elden Ring winning it. I think I said that it does have a very good art direction, mm. but it's just, in my opinion, Scorn had a better art direction for what it was trying to achieve. But... Agreed. Very worthy winner. Next, we had best ongoing content. I believe that you said that it would either be Apex Legends or Final Fantasy XIV, and I said that I thought it would either be Fortnite or Destiny 2 because they're popular and yeah. I had nothing else <laughs> yeah, to go yeah. on. And I'm pleased to say that Final Fantasy XIV did indeed win it. So well done, Will. Yeah, I know. I'm really pleased to to see that title getting it, considering that, you know, we'd spoken about this a little bit earlier the year yeah. on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I think this is an absolutely worthy winner. Very glad to see it. I'm surprised that uh, Genshin didn't come a little bit closer, but I think that, yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen absolutely the one to go for. Yeah, and uh, might actually check it out at some point. Best ongoing content, you mentioned there's loads of DLC everyone's happy with. Absolutely, man, yeah, we should might definitely hook that up at some point. I could guide you through the, the path to bard ship. <laughs> Next we have best action game, another category that I didn't really have too much input on having never played any of the games. I thought that it should probably be Sifu based on what I knew. But once again, Will, you were correct. You called Bayonetta 3, and sure enough, Bayonetta 3 won. Boom! Yeah, well, um, that was a game that my vote there was based purely on the sort of the crazy events that take place in the first couple games, the -the over-the-top levels of action. I think... uh, we said last week, actually, that the lack of action going on in Modern Warfare 2 kind of probably ruled that out in terms of the campaign. Yeah. Uh, and Bayonetta was just uh, absolutely insane in the, the first two titles that I played. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It seems like that would be the way the way to go. Once again, a correct prediction. You must uh, you must be Paul the Octopus reincarnated. Pat on the back. Get my gold stars. Yeah. They're meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely meaningless. But, you know, bit of clout. Never yeah. heard. <laughs> and I'm pleased to say that the streak continues, Will, because next we had Best RPG. We both said that it was going to be Elden Ring and anything else winning it would, would be a lack of credibility to the award, given the other options, apart from maybe Zen of Blade Chronicles 3. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's a game that I sort of haven't, neither of us have played, but yeah. I think that's got some serious, uh, serious might behind it. It would have been a travesty in my eyes if Legends Arceus won that award because that would have just solidified my opinion that it was a popularity contest over anything else yeah and i'm a massive pokemon fan and i completely agree with you i I didn't see it winning and it shouldn't have won and it didn't so that's good another award for Elden ring as well which did very well at this show it did it was tucking them away miyazaki yeah good good job good man miyazaki well done well done michael zaki (laughs) brother of ex-egyptian football player (laughs) amiyazaki what the are you talking about next we had best multiplayer now this is one where neither of us did particularly well actually because i thought it'd be modern warfare 2 you thought it would probably be modern warfare 2 but you wanted it to be teenage mutant ninja turtle shredder's revenge that was my hope yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's a couch co-op and that would have been lovely to just love to co-op. see a co-op yeah 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 
But in fact, Splatoon 3 was the winner of this one. Which was a big surprise to me as well. I think we both know that, you know, it's it's the Splatoon series is a popular Nintendo franchise sort of thing. It does draw in players. But no, I was not expecting that in terms of multiplayer. Fair play to the team involved. Next was the big one, Will. The game of the year itself. And whilst I'm very happy that the game that won it won it, I am a bit surprised, I've got to say. Even though it was one of the biggest games of the year yes i agree with you there elden ring obviously won the award and congratulations it's fully deserved i'm not taking anything away from it yeah massive applause to miyazaki there and the rest of the fromsoft team um but we both thought it would probably be god of war ragnarok i am surprised but pleasantly surprised and not super surprised not like surprised like i was with splatoon 3 but like you know nice to see elden ring winning it because i think as i mentioned on last week's pod it's been out longer it's been out since february and it's an excellent game i don't think i know anyone or have well i know people that have been disappointed with certain aspects of it but i don't think i know anyone that has not enjoyed the game at all yeah i I think in the back of my mind if god of war took this there would be something that would kind of be whispering was this recency bias also um it's just nice to see a game that is slightly less story driven than god of war which you know has sort of pipped its previous titles i think based on values like that yeah it was actually nice to see something that is just in my eyes kind of like a pure video game and you know again we're both sung god of war praises till the cows come home but it's nice to see something that doesn't shove a storyline down your throat and force you to sit through cutscenes, and it's just a pure game sort of thing yeah yeah really nice to see that take home an award like that the game of the year congrats again and from soft kind of killing it two game of the years in the last five years damn straight both in the ones that you could jump in as well interesting (laughs) take that back to uh armored core jumping robots now i think armored cores can jump can't they probably yeah well they got jail packs but now yeah (laughs) i feel like i had armored core 2 on the ps2 i don't know whether i ever owned one i certainly played demos for them though (laughs) yeah but it was just like an arena fire right okay okay there were single players no there were missions as well actually no i'm lying but i I just did the arena Right, I just did right. the arena because it was fun. Oh dear. Well, tangent. And the final category that we uh, made a prediction on was the most anticipated game, and we both got this one right. So again, a pat you know, on the back for both. Big of pats us. on the back. So <laughs> obviously, we mentioned what our own personal preferences were. So I was most looking forward to Hogwarts Legacy, and Will's most looking forward to Resident Evil Four. But this was won by Legends of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, and probably rightly so because as so i too, said yeah. last week everyone is f-ing looking forward to this game <laughs> except, except you for, except for me yeah <laughs> no yeah i think as you say complete lack of surprise at this uh, award of course the legend of zelda was going to take it home it's it's would you say this is the largest video game franchise out there by out there do you mean in the list in the list yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you don't mean of all time zelda biggest franchise out there on the list yeah <laughs> uh in terms of gaming Obviously, Starfield's new IP, so that won't that obviously no, doesn't yeah. come into it. I think Zelda's probably bigger than Resident Evil. It's certainly older. Certainly older, yeah. Harry Potter games, yes. Harry Potter, the actual franchise, probably not. It's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. And Final Fantasy is actually really tough. I, I don't, I couldn't call that. It's one of the two, isn't it? In terms yeah. of yeah, brand recognition for video games. I suppose the reason why I asked that was just to see sort of whether you thought that any of those were likely. I mean, I know we mentioned Final Fantasy 16 being, you know, a big 
name, but we both agreed last week that the fact that neither of us were aware yeah. of it prior to the announcement of the Game Awards, uh, neither of us picked that title. Uh, yeah, but I think it came second. Did it really? <laughs> right. I, I don't. I don't know if okay. when I when I looked at the list of winners, it was like it had them the winner and then a vertical list below. I don't know if that was in order. Right. But Final Fantasy 16 was second right. on that list. Okay. So I remember I thinking, think... damn. Really, we really did drop the ball on that particular <laughs> game then, yeah. So our judgment of existing franchises is pretty decent, but we are out of touch, my guy. We missed a mainline numbered Final Fantasy title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, knew about Thymesia and Steel Rising. Didn't have a clue about Final Fantasy XVI. <laughs> eh, oh well. Point is, we got the prediction right, so... So I guess go us, really. One of, At least one of us got it right on all of them, except for the best multiplayer of the ones we predicted, of course. Mm, mm. So, yeah, go us. And I thought, as a whole, the event was quite enjoyable to watch. Uh, full cards on the table, I still do have sort of the last 30 minutes of it to watch, uh, given that sort of I was in Spain and uh, getting ready to go. I didn't manage to cram all of it in. Yeah. It also, How long I think, the show? It was like three and a half hours, I think, or something like yeah. that. So I've got that much left to watch. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't think it applies, but uh, they were giving away Steam Decks every minute of the show. And oh, really? uh, that was something that uh, Jeff Healy mentioned, just because uh, one thing that happened during the show was that Christopher Judge uh, won the voice actor role for Kratos during that performance. And my God, his acceptance speech was long. I think it was it was coming up for 10 minutes almost. Oh, really? I don't. It really went I'd, I'd read that it was. I'd read that it was going viral. I didn't know what for. Yeah, and uh, it almost felt like, you know when they start playing someone off? It almost felt like he just treated the, the playing off music as just a fancy exuberant backdrop to continue his speech. He really kind of got into it more. He was not going to be silenced. And then as uh, as he walked off stage, Keeley said something like, I think uh, Chris was trying to get people a few more Steam Decks. <laughs> extending the runtime of the show um you, so yeah i gotta say i did uh sorry christopher judge uh i hope he doesn't listen to this but uh, well i hope he does i, I hope he does yeah <laughs> well, i hope he doesn't take offense of this head. yeah oh absolutely that's not, that's not just me saying that to cover up what Will's just said <laughs> <laughs> genuinely well-deserved winner i don't know who else was nominated but his his voice acting and God of War is excellent, sublime. Absolutely. And in terms of, uh, you know, the fact that he did actually replace the pre-existing character, he absolutely pulled off that role for the revitalized series of God of War. And yeah. I think that in my head now, that voice represents Kratos. So yes, absolutely. He has become that character in my head. Also, I think that uh, there was a couple of titles along the Game Awards that were shown as world premieres that I was quite excited about. There was a game called Post Trauma that looks pretty cool. It gave me very strong sort of Silent Hill vibes. Lots of kind of mixtures of decaying looking environments, uh, you know, bathrooms and apartment corridors and things mixed with disturbing imagery and sort of like stuff that absolutely doesn't look like it should belong within this world. Uh, <laughs> nice. Very interesting, very creepy. Um, that very looked, right up your street. Yeah, it? 100%. It was kind of, it looked very mind-bendy and like you were walking through someone's warped perception nice. of reality. So very, very cool. Hell yeah. There's one game that I know that was announced that I'm very excited for. I wonder if it's on your list. Uh, well, so the other game that I was quite excited for at the time 
time was Judas. It looks like a kind of a Ooh. space Bioshock. And uh, also uh, the uh, creator of Bioshock, Ken Levine, is also involved in uh, oh. in this game as well. So yeah, you can certainly tell which kind of angle they're coming from with that. You can see that they've got some sort of equivalent of the plasmids that you can shoot out your hand. We see them nice. shoot out electricity and fire. Uh, they're fighting a lot of robot enemies and uh, it looks phenomenal. Honestly, the graphics and the animations look very unique and very interesting. So yeah, another two games on my list that I'm now looking forward to. We're interested to see what they do with space. You can do some like anti-gravity plasmid. Well, I saw some anti-gravity looking stuff, so yeah. Hell yeah. What was this game that you were looking forward to then? Remnant 2 has been announced. Really? Ah, okay, yeah. okay. I don't think I've got that far. Maybe I stepped away from the TV. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> wow, okay, that's some cool news. I didn't look too much into it because I want it to be a bit of a surprise. Obviously, we completed uh, Remnant from the Ashes as part of your gaming challenge. And uh, I love that game. I've got a real soft spot for it. So I'm very curious to see if they can build on it, add things to sort of keep it a bit fresh and, you know, fingers crossed, a block and a parry <laughs> for the melee. But uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with it. It looks really cool. That's some really cool news. Yeah. And one that I wasn't aware of before we started recording. So yes, another thing to look forward to. So we've got three, three decent games there looking to turn out. And I'm sure, you know, as I round and finish off the rest of the uh, the stream that I still need to go back and watch, we'll see more. Yeah, exactly, man. I, I can't wait to see more of it either. So, fingers crossed it comes out soon, then we can get on that bad boy. That's the news for this week. Did well on the predictions, as I say. It's almost like we know what we're talking about, man. <laughs> almost. almost. Almost, but not quite. But with that, it's time to move on to what we didn't really advertise for as, but we sort of looked back and did the count back at the maths. <laughs> this was actually the last gaming challenge of the year. This is the finale, the uh, the very poorly advertised and thought out finale. <laughs> yeah, and it's sort of a winner takes all because Will had drawn it level last week. So let's talk about this more on the... A Games Challenge! As I was literally just saying, Will managed to get the win, the big old W last week. Fatty dubs for Wondrous Will. Oh yeah, triple W. I'm owning www. it now. He's a website now. <laughs> and as a result of that, it draw us back level. So this this challenge was a big one. It was one where if I win, I, I take home the bacon, I get the glory. But if I lose... Sudden death, baby. James becomes the champion for another year if he wins this challenge. So I'm really hoping that actually looking at the playtime that is required by this game, that you had some sort of PC blackout or something. There's a few factors that we should probably mention to build some tension into this, right? We are actually recording a day or so earlier than we normally would. Yeah, Because of various true. things. And I was editing this weekend just gone. So I did lose, I've probably lost a couple of days of challenge time this week. <laughs> At least, yeah, yeah. So... There's a chance, there's a chance still. There have also been two World Cup semi-finals on this week, <laughs> which I have watched. I've <laughs> had a lot in the way, right. <laughs> so couple that with the fact that I've said I've played some Final Fantasy already. Have I got enough hours to have completed this challenge? <laughs> we'll soon find out. <laughs> really? <laughs> Can you feel the tension? So James, take it away. How did you find the games challenge this week? I was given the challenge of playing Lost Planet, the first one. I believe it's called Conditions Extreme or Extreme Conditions. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The reason being that it's very cold here in England at the moment. And uh, <laughs> Will thought that it was appropriate given that this whole uh, game is set on a big old snowy planet. Big old frost planet. Yeah. So to keep that thermal energy topped up. Yeah, yeah. Kill some things and collect their blood and gives you heat. Yes. Good times. <laughs> So, this game is a third-person shooter, for the most part, but it does also have sort of mech combat. They're called VS suits, I believe, which we mentioned last week. That's right, vital suits, I think. Yes, vital suits. And the first thing I'll say about this game is that you didn't tell me that it was an anime game. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, oh, yeah, it's very heavily uh, Japanese design sort of thing. Yeah. You, can, you can certainly tell that, yeah. yeah and, I, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because it's not anime. It's, it's very sort of, you know, normal graphics, for lack of a better term. But the way the characters develop and the storyline is all <laughs> yeah. so Japanese anime, and, and yeah. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> right. If I had been, I would have changed it to Japanese. Ah, okay, but okay. I, So I kept it in English the whole time, but... You had to deal with the horrible English dub. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> but at first I thought it was just the game being shit. Right. <laughs> and, and I don't necessarily mean that as in the game shit. The game being corny. Sort One of thing. thing I w well, yes, but also I will say off the bat, I don't think this game was particularly well optimized for PC. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Either that or because, I mean, I don't know. I was getting 120 frames out of it, right. which might be more than the game was perhaps designed to do ah uh, yeah the, yes occasionally you do so there were bits like where that. like uh you know if a big acrid which is the sort of insect buggy animals that inhabit the planet that you're killing a lot of the time if they do a big slam attack where the graphics would bring up the sort of um slight crater that's made and some shock waves where it's hit mm. that would mm. bug out the screen oh okay and make it everything really shaky and stuff and where they did smoke animations it was it sort of really blinded everything right. it was realistic don't get me wrong in, in the smoke one specifically but it was kind of odd with the slam one and the, and the screen i don't know if it, I, I think it was probably more to do with the frames if i'd capped it at 30 i think it probably would have been fine yeah but it, but it didn't happen and often enough for me to worry too much really. <laughs> sacrifice that delicious 120 fps <laughs> no because i mean it, the game looks good it does oh good i'm glad that you thought that because i remember it looking very good sort of yeah. thing for its time and still good looking back on it now some of the animations are a bit janky sure but the character models are pretty good for the most part i would compare some of the animations almost similar to monster hunter they're a bit janky but they have their charm i'd compare it to them to monster hunter in that regard but in terms of the actual animations themselves as monster hunter is vastly superior oh yeah no doubt but, no into, doubt. but in terms of what you mean yeah I, yeah I agree with that although the graphics did look good though i've got to say the cutscenes were kind of not great <laughs> for the most part and this was sort of um i guess the uh the anime styling a little bit they tried to inject emotion in it and humor in it but they did it in a really cheesy corny way mm. that mm. if it had been cartoon anime characters would have been awesome but because it was realistic humanoids it didn't look great sometimes and also with the english voice didn't sound it, great it either didn't yeah. sound great either so <laughs> you sort of look you look past that really it, it was it was fine and the story itself was was very cool uh, the TLDR version is that you are a colonist, essentially. You're part of a human team that's gone to this frozen planet to try and make it habitable. And your whole squadron gets attacked by a particularly large acrid called Green Eyes. Because, guess what? He has green eyes. <laughs> Who'd have thought? This big motherfucker kills your dad... And you think that he's killed you, but what actually happens is you f get frozen in your VS suit. That's right. And then you get found by a bloke called Yuri, and he 
is a sky pirate. Sky pirate. No, that's Final Fantasy Twelve. Sorry, he's a snow pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Get him, Grim. And uh, he takes you to his little crew and sort of nurses you back to health. And uh, then you join his little crew and you start doing these little skirmishes where you're trying to take out Acrid and get more thermal energy and sort of clear out other snow pirates who are the bad guys and whatnot. You think you've been deceived because you find some evidence that suggests that he's working for an evil corporation called Nevek. And these Nevek guys are basically trying to set in motion a huge thermal energy reaction that will heat up the entire planet killing everything that's on the planet initially naturally but then cooling down enough so that it could then be habitable by humans right so they're essentially trying to sort of make it much more of a regular paradise like a holiday retreat sort of island instead of a instead of your snowy harsh environment <laughs> yeah and they don't want no buggy acrids they just want evil humans right and no space pirates more importantly no except for them yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah they just don't call themselves space pirates anymore no exactly but no so that's sort of the the bare bones of the story. There's other stuff that happens. There's revelations. There's relationships formed. <laughs> Love blossoms on the battlefield. Some twists. Some turns. Uh, <laughs> I think we should probably talk about the gameplay a bit more first. And this is yep. where the game both excelled itself in a number of ways, but also let itself down in a number of ways. Okay, do tell. So, you can't sprint in this game at all. No, that's Which true. is an absolute travesty you are wading through kind of hip height snow a lot of the time though yeah but even when you're inside buildings you can't yeah yeah, i'll take that and you can't even sprint in your mech suit either really you can sort of glide depending on which mech suit you get because there's four or five different variants i'd say that's right yeah but that was irritating it wasn't a game breaker but it was slightly irritating when one of the core mechanics of this game is your thermal energy is constantly running out and when it gets to zero, you die. Yep. Uh, if you're outside, of course, it turns out, because it did run out inside once and I survived. Yeah. Who knew? yeah. You can't aim. No. You can only, <laughs> only aim with the stick. Again, not a massive game breaker, but would have been useful in a few situations, particularly as you get a sniper, but then you can't aim down the sights. Kind of weird. Hang on, was there not that? You can still aim through the scope, though, right? No, not I. I didn't work out a way to do it. Ah. I didn't really use it, to be fair. But I wonder if it was a you know a bit of a symptom of an older control scheme there, and also coming from a time before aiming down the sights was standardised. From memory, this was quite an early 360 title. Oh six, oh seven, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it's got some age on it. Yeah, it looks better than its age for sure. It does look better than its age. It doesn't true. control though. But yeah. well, it doesn't control badly. It's just the things that would have been nice that yeah I, I mean i'll be honest i don't remember aiming down uh a site or anything like that either yeah. but uh, it just sounds yeah I, I would be surprised if there wasn't some sort of scoped thing with the sniper but again if you weren't using it much yeah. doesn't surprise so, me it's gonna say yeah you only really need the main machine gun you don't yeah. need anything yeah. else really to be honest with you and that sort of brings me on to another thing that was disappointing throughout this game it was very very difficult indeed to die and i don't mean that in the sort of I'm awesome, I fucking smash this game. I mean that in... Basically, if you kill enemies, you get a small amount of thermal energy. You can also pick up thermal energy from sort of checkpoints that are dotted around, right? And you can sort of rack up three, four, five thousand thermal energy very, very quickly and easily. If you get hit, and like, let's say three quarters of your health bar gets taken off, it will instantly recharge at the cost of some of your thermal energy. Mm, Yeah. But the cost was never high enough that you even noticed at any point in the game right so it's basically unless you get knocked off the edge of the map which could happen 
you stay inside your suit when it's got no health and it's about to explode because you always mm. get the opportunity to eject yourself. But if you yeah. stay in it, and there's some bosses that had one-shot kills. Yes, yeah, I remember a couple tough bosses in this. Yeah, but other than that, it's virtually impossible to die, I found. Ah, this kind of sounds like I should have set you a harder difficulty. Well, yeah, I mean, I was on I was on normal difficulty, as was the challenge. Yeah, and... absolutely, yeah. I was toying with the idea of giving you hearts, and I'm slightly regretting that decision now. Just based on the fact that it sounds like you kind of cruise through this a little bit. Not to have made you struggle more, but just to have not made it more made it a challenge as opposed to no challenge at all, which is kind of the impression I'm getting. I'm not going to say anything because... The game's not challenge! Game's <laughs> not challenge! <laughs> I've had like a day to play this. I might not have done it. <laughs> Who knows? Liar! I know that's an odd complaint to make, but... It just, I didn't feel in danger at any point in this game. Fair enough. And I wouldn't say any of the fights were hard. There were a couple that were annoying, but I don't think any of them were hard, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I know what you mean. Because a lot of the quote-unquote difficulty of the bosses was working out what to do. Once you'd worked out what to do... I don't think it was particularly... Like, you know, a great example is Green Eyes, who we mentioned earlier. Yeah. One of the bosses takes you back to the first part, like the first area of the game where the intro cutscene and sort of almost tutorial is. Yeah. Which is just before your dad gets killed by green eyes. And you fight green eyes back there. And at first it's very obvious what to do. He gets some sort of green spots along his side Mm -hmm. that you have to shoot them all out. And then that takes off some of his health or her health. I'm not actually sure what green eyes is. (laughs) Their health. And then once you... There's four on each side. So once you take out those eight, they then get four on their forehead. Yeah. And again, very obvious. But then after that, it's still on the forehead where you're meant to shoot, but it looks like it's sort of become the same color of the skin, which is what's happened on the outside. And you can't then use that to damage. Mm. So Mm. it was very confusing. I didn't know what to do. And couple that with getting quite frustrated because I was adamant that I was hitting the area and I obviously wasn't (laughs) hitting the area in some occasions. It just made it made it frustrating, but once you knew what you were doing, it was okay, if that makes sense. I get what you mean, yeah. I think that some of the shooting in those bits, it does take a little bit of getting used to, and quite often the crosshair doesn't quite line up with where you're shooting or where the bullets are going to end up, and again, it's a bit of a sign of age on the game's part there. And also, I think, because the bosses, uh, and this is a positive, they, they're very mobile, a lot of them. They so are, the area, yeah. and they, you know, they all have like a glowy bit, or it's, it's quite telegraphed <laughs> for the most part what you're meant to do. You've got to shoot the orange juice out of them, basically, all exactly. the time. And, you know, ones that have tentacles that are like flapping around and stuff, and so yeah. the target's constantly moving. Yeah, and a lot of your weapons, they're very projectile-based as well, so you've got to accommodate for the delay in the bullet travelling and sort of thing as well. Yeah, particularly with some of like the laser and plasma ones that you get. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of some of the grenades? I quite like some of the grenades in this game. I only used the hand grenades, really. I ah. did pick up a couple of other ones, but I'd, I'd use the hand grenades because, A, you could carry 20 of them yeah. and you'd, get, <laughs> yeah, and you'd yeah. get 20 very easily. But they were just great for crowd control. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's some proximity mine type things Mm, mm. and i think there's something called a discus bomb yeah the discus bomb particularly is very cool you can sort of it looked like it was a frisbee yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah. i like that it's quite unique i didn't really use it because uh, I'd pick it up, I'd have 20 grenades, for example, and I'd pick up, it's like five, like, nope, I need 20. Yeah, I, I, I do remember that being a thing in terms of it was affecting my choice of which weapons I would pick up. Not so much the yeah. projectiles, but more of the uh, the sort of 
you know the the main primary weapons like, because of yeah. the difference in capacities which is silly because you, another thing you never run out of ammo in this game ever <laughs> yes it's very yeah. very hard to f- not find guns <laughs> i'm sure that that's the sort of stuff that would be much harder on the uh the more difficult difficulty settings but uh but yeah it sounds like uh sounds like this game is best placed on perhaps a slightly harder setting potentially yeah just one more thing i was also wondering about um how did you find the whole kind of you can pick up a gatling gun you can actually fire that as you can master chief style just holding the gatling gun but then you can also carry that and slap that on to a mech and you can sort of mix and match which guns you attach to your mech as well and even your vehicles i think there's like a snow ski isn't there which you can stick gatling guns on the front i've never used it so i don't know if you can do that (laughs) i i spent a lot of this game on foot honestly Ah, right, okay, okay. It was the most efficient method of travel. <laughs> yes, because you are, again, you are quite slow with the mech, aren't you? I mean, you're slow walking, but you're very, yeah. like, some of the mechs are very slow indeed. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to use that, uh, the, well, I say supposed to use, you can use the uh, the sort of the snow ski quite effectively to get around, especially getting between those checkpoints that you mentioned earlier, which you sort of, you dig out this pole out of the snow and then it kind of casts like a heat thing around you, doesn't it, something like that? That's kind of what the animation does, I don't actually know what it's doing. Yeah, it's some sort of beacon that you lift up and yeah, uh, yeah and it kind of enemies you have them too and you can knock them down and then put them back up in your colour. That's right, yeah. Stuff like that. But yeah, no, I, I really didn't use the snowmobile that much, so I can't comment on that. In terms of the things like the, the guns that you could put on the mechs, it was cool that you could hold them and fire them, but you couldn't move while you were doing it. As in, you couldn't move while you were firing. Yeah, that's right. And you and you move very slowly when you're holding them as well. It's It massively slows down your movement speed, I think. It does, yeah. yeah. And because of that, they were very niche in their usefulness as Wayne on foot. Standalone weapons, yeah. But having them so that you could mix and match on your mechs was very cool indeed i would have possibly liked to see a few more options Mm. i think there was Mm. only four that i found for the mech maybe five but two of them were essentially the same uh, which is a shotgun rocket launcher gatling gun and a laser rifle or variants of a laser rifle and for me by far the most effective combos were either double gatling guns or gatling guns and rocket launcher yeah definitely Agreed, yeah. So, very cool stuff, but I would have liked to have seen more options. I wouldn't mind seeing, like, a, a saw blade type deal. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I think that they did put a saw blade into one of the later titles as well. Or maybe I'm just completely misremembering that frisbee grenade as that. Whilst we're talking about the mechs, this was actually quite disappointing for me. Because I wanted it to be really cool and, like, what you'd expect mech combat to be. And whilst they had everything that you'd want them to have... You had like a glide mode. You could jump. In some of them, you could double jump and even jetpack around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think it was implemented very well. I I, I found the mech stuff all very janky. Fair enough. Okay, Do you yeah, know what? Yeah. Janky is not the right word. Clunky. It clunky. was very clunky. Mm. It all felt very heavy. It didn't feel particularly responsive. You couldn't do the glide for long enough to make it useful before having to stop. But then you could start and do it again straight away. There was no cooldown. So why not just not have it infinitely but just double the time of it and then put a cooldown on it that would have been so much better in my opinion Mm, mm. and then this isn't just exclusive to the mechs it's kind of a problem with the whole game really but 
I didn't feel that any of the shooting felt particularly satisfying. It all felt very arcadey. It just felt like I was bipping stuff. You know, whereas like a Resident Evil, you sort of almost feel every shot, if you see what I mean. I do know what you mean. Yeah, the bullets, they uh, don't have much impact to them for the enemies because it usually typically just results in enemies exploding, essentially, and, and which doesn't really give you much to it at all. Or just falling down and disappearing and turning into a bit of thermal energy. So yeah. it just, it wasn't, it was very sort of like you could just run past a lot of things in this game if you sort of saw where the exit was yeah okay and you didn't really need to engage a lot of the time but you want to engage because there was loads of enemies and they would it was really like some of the enemies were cool as like some of the mm. eight quid designs were great yeah they I really were them. yeah yeah I, I really like the design for green eyes yeah green eyes is awesome and it was special because it was bigger than all the other ones that you've yeah had, yeah which is nice it's the behemoth shout out to one of the later game bosses as well that's like uh a giant mouth essentially with like a slug tongue inside it and it has yeah. feelers that come out of the ground and you have to shoot the hands off it run into the tunnel that took me ages to work out by the way run into the tunnel shoot it a bit and then ah good stuff i think i did do this on one of the harder difficulties and i remember that one being quite challenging actually on on hard you mentioned there that you thought some of the bosses were hard in this game I'm curious, which ones do you particularly remember giving you troubles? Well, so it was the boss that you just described, the sort yeah. of the giant, uh, I guess, like kind of tentacly Sarlacc pit style. That's uh, a great monster. way. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like a Sarlacc pit's mouth, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I also remember on the harder difficulty, I found the actual fight where you're fighting the lady in the other mech. Uh, right. That one really forced me to actually get good at the maneuverability in the mech. And as you say, the controls are slightly clunky. It definitely takes some mastering before you can use it reliably. And that was that was a difficult point for me that had made me had to reliably learn how to dodge and maneuver the mech as well as just shoot things. That's really funny because I found that incredibly easy because the first thing she did was back into a corner and she got stuck. So I just oh wow. <laughs> literally she just backed into a, like because i was going towards her so she like did the back jump thing yeah. that you can do yeah and got went into a corner obviously got caught in some debris and then was just like yeah there you go i do know it's pronounced debris by the way before anyone <laughs> hey, all right yeah i started to wonder for myself then what whether you're like no. is he serious yeah <laughs> Um, yes, uh, it sounds like you got a little bit lucky there in terms of that, but then on the scheme of things and on balance, uh, it sounds like you wouldn't have been struggling particularly hard anyway, uh, given that uh, your experience with the rest of the game. It's hard to say, really, because there's only one other f boss fight that you do where it's mech versus mech. And in that one, uh, which is against Bandero, who is the most anime villain you've ever seen in your life, <laughs> he's got pale skin, like the whole goth sort of aesthetic, and he's got silly hair, which all anime evil guys have. Like, he's got sort of two ponytails that come down, the, like, his fringe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, it's very odd, but you know, I'm here for it. But he's the only other guy you fight sort of mech to mech, and you do that in a room full of pillars. So I found that the way to beat that boss very easily was just hide behind a pillar, wait for him to his rocket attack to finish, nip out, shoot him a few times, go back behind the pillar, rinse, repeat. You didn't really need to manoeuvre. Right, right. So Sounds a bit similar to my Borderlands final boss fight. It wasn't dissimilar to that at all, <laughs> except for, like, he doesn't hit as hard, basically. Right, right. If you do fuck up and you, like, get hit, I mean, again, the issue I described earlier is very hard to die in this game, but it didn't. I never felt in danger anyway. And it wasn't taking much health off my mech either. It was bizarre. But yeah, so I don't think I ever mastered the mech combat in this because then, you know, the main antagonist, who's called Eisenberg, <laughs> and essentially he's been sort of tricking everyone in the game. We mentioned earlier that uh, 
Nevek are sort of the evil corporation guys. He's the head of Nevek. Right. And yeah. he has tricked everyone. He's literally tricked everyone into trying to get his own way. Like he tricked Yuri's dad back in the day. <laughs> right. He tricked okay. Yuri. You know, he tricked everyone. Because uh, the other sort of... Ma- oh, no, I'm getting a bit all over the place. But the other main sort of story beat that comes up is that you've actually, in fact, been frozen for 30 years. Oh, it wasn't... Uh, yeah, okay. So you're not just a fresh cookie. No, but because of a prototype implant special metal arm you've got you just didn't age at all <laughs> okay not because you were frozen but because no. of the no that's, the that's you know it's <laughs> anime as fuck it really is um and on those arms you have like a little receptacle and your mate yuri who saved you is the guy who designed the final piece of the prototype and you put it in and then you can unlock the true potential of your dad's vr suit right <laughs> okay or v- vs suit sorry not yes yeah yeah <laughs> but no so once you've un- unlocked your full potential of your vs suit you become a blady boy with jetpacks you're flying about you've got your mad anime energy going through you <laughs> super saiyan well kind of you do sort of super saiyan it a little bit um with the added caveat that you might lose your memory again oh right by okay. using the implant because you know because anime it always comes at a cost has to be a cost and it's worth noting that this cost is even greater because throughout your journey you sort of form a relationship with one of yuri's crew called luca and uh it's sort of implied that her and wayne have a little fang going on okay have a little fang little bang well i don't think they bang but you know too pg-13 for that they were thinking about it yeah i think you know She's the anime love interest. Right, right. And disappointingly, the Eisenberg chap that you fight also has a big old jetpacky VS suit. Oh, very convenient. You can have your kind of kaiju showdown. Yeah, but it's sort of like just before that, you're told that, oh, yes, this is, you know, your arm is the prototype that will unlock the the potential of this one of a kind, unique VS suit. And then maybe he's got one. (laughs) It's just like, oh, really? Yeah. And his is better because he can call out floating laser guns and oh shit, he, has, okay. he can fire rockets at you and stuff it's like i've forgotten about that yeah but uh this final boss fight was for me the toughest boss fight in the game which is probably how it should be rightly so yeah. although once you know what you're doing it can be slightly trivialized again a recurring theme you mentioned that uh, some of the other bosses you had the same kind of thing yeah but this more so because you can almost do it without getting hit once you know what to do <laughs> right okay. in terms of getting the the rhythm of the fight and strafing downwards when he's doing a certain attack to then swing your blade in a vertical slice upwards and then moving sideways at just the right point to then dodge his attack and then get one in yourself is right right becomes a bit more of a timing game not quite a rhythm game like Sekiro but it becomes a bit more time dependent Mm. whereas Mm. the other fights you can sort of run around like a headless chicken and just fire at will really (laughs) but this one I actually died to a bunch because in his when you get him down to like a third health he goes into absolute madman mode just constantly firing rockets constantly getting his lasers to fire he gets a second laser as well so he's firing at you. He's got two floating lasers firing at you. One of them goes off into loads of different directions at the same time. It's mm, mm. a bit crazy. Becomes a bit of a light show. Like, don't play this game if you've got epilepsy, honestly. <laughs> um, but no, so as I've sort of implied, uh, once you know what you're doing, it's a very easy final boss fight. I was able to kick this man's ass. I did lose my memory at the end, but you then randomly meet Luca again as she's sort of... It's all conti- good then. Continuing Yuri's work and trying to heat up the planet and make it habitable but without destroying everything doing it naturally right <laughs> heating up a little bit just but yeah. not blasting it you know 
Right, yeah, taking a bit more of a gentle approach to uh, yeah. to, to converting the planet. Exactly, and then there's a lovely bit at the end where Wayne is just randomly walking past, and she's like, oh, is it you? And he's like, he's he's completely forgotten who she is. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's just like, I'm just Ooh. me. <laughs> and she's like where are my and she realizes what's going on and then she's like but she looks happy and she's like where are my manners i'm luca nice to meet you and then he just does like a cheesy grin pans away credits roll <laughs> yeah. your boy won the challenge congratulations man congratulations that means james that you have won the 2022 tpm game challenge award <laughs> inaugural champion the inaugural champion you have been yeah. baptized in glory everyone always remembers the first <laughs> congratulations man a very very well-deserved victory you've had uh you've had some highs in this challenge you've had some lows and uh you know and you've had some difficulties along the way but hey we call this a game challenge because it's uh it's been a challenge at times <laughs> Yeah, I've got to say, this game particularly, I, I'd probably rate it in the average category. Mm, there was yeah. enough cool things going on that I was like, okay, cool, I, this game, I like what it's trying to do. And the story, you know, for all I've been joking about it being very anime, it was actually a very nice story, very nicely told. But it was just let down by, perhaps by its age, maybe, in all honesty. I try and do these as objectively as possible, but sometimes mm, my opinion does yeah. possibly come into it in terms of things like quality of life and better mechanics in modern games and things like that but it was also let down a bit by possibly being too ambitious for its time and i don't mean that that necessarily negatively i like what it was trying to put down i just think it possibly could have implemented it better i think that you would potentially enjoy some of the later titles because i know they added in a lot more movement options i think by the second one they'd actually added in a grappling hook and things which the grappling hooks in the first one too ah but it's much more kind of you can hooked to a lot more surfaces i should say in, oh, okay. in the second game so you can actually use it a bit more freely as i say i have played lost planet 3 a little bit and i remember enjoying it but i don't know if playing this one through to completion has given me enough impetus to go and try two and three yeah i'm not sure yeah. i'm certainly going to give it some thought because as i say I, i'm quite curious to know what happens next yeah but yeah it's it was a it was a good fun time. I think you quoted it as being eight hours fourteen as a completionist. I did it in about five, just over. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, nice yeah, one. Re- and I didn't skip anything, so it's like re- like watching all the cutscenes and stuff. So really, really short game. Following up from Metal Gear Solid, which is a game that I hold in sort of absolutely high regard, this was more of a game that I would class as worth playing. Sort of thing. It introduces some some interesting concepts. Overall, I enjoyed my playthrough of it. It certainly hasn't stuck in my head as like a kind of an absolute game changer. Or, or a franchise that I've followed closely from that point onwards, but I am glad to hear that you had some fun with this game and uh, and that you've got some positive things to say about it. Because I, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a game that I enjoyed myself and uh, thought it was very fitting, as we've said before, considering the current weather right now. Very thematically accurate, yeah. <laughs> Lots of snow. Hopefully, we don't get that much here because that'll make driving about hell. Time to get the snow tires out, or time to purchase some snow tires. Don't they just tie chains around the tires? That's what they do, right? Put tennis rackets on your shoes. That'll do. Just just put nails in your tires. I hear that works really well. Just just put the nails in the tires, and that'll. Well, to be fair, it would it would deflate your tires, and it would increase the surface area of your tire. So in theory, on snow, that would actually be good. There you go. Solid advice there. Listen up, everyone. Wheel, yeah. Put nails in your tires before you drive out in the snow. <laughs> And on that public service announcement... (laughs) 
We don't actually have a follow-up game challenge this week. We, do we not. are done for a year. Well, not quite a year. Not quite a year. No, no. We're done for 2022. 2022 game challenge done. You got dusted. the belt for a year. You got the belt. Until we come back with the games challenge, I can gloat as the champion. I can lord it over you, Will. <laughs> I look forward to receiving my belt. I look forward to taking that belt from you next year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So with that rampant victory there, roaring home, first place, <laughs> top of the league, <laughs> El Campione, <laughs> all, all this gloating, words, <laughs> su superlatives, that brings us to the end of the show. And uh, slightly different for next week, not quite normal schedule. Obviously, as people will know, we're coming up to the festive period. It's that time of year where we let fat old men come down our chimney and fiddle around with our personal belongings before eating some cookies, milk, and leaving again. <laughs> cookies and milk? For us, we used to give them uh, brandy and mince pies. Oh, really? Yeah, our Santa Claus is an alcoholic that just scoffs yeah. mince pies. You give them cookies and milk. <laughs> well, yeah, man. You know, the milk's to sort of line the stomach for people like you that give them the booze. Right. <laughs> it's, it, it, without the teamwork here, it wouldn't work. Right. He'd just get pissed and it's... crash into a tree or something. <laughs> yeah, he needs to sober up after all the brandy. <laughs> but no, we are entering that time of year. So next week's episode will not be coming out on Monday because Monday is Boxing Day, and we can't have a Christmas episode coming out on Boxing Day, can Let's we? Let's face it. No. So next week's episode of Total Podmo will be coming out a day early, I know. You lucky, lucky, lucky listeners. I know, right? But yes, the Christmas episode will be airing on Christmas Day, so be sure to check that out, because it'll, sure it'll be a festive good time. We've got plenty of treats in store for you. Oh, yes. So whilst you pop that in your diaries and get ready to join us in festivities and cheer we leave you for another week and if you have enjoyed what you've listened to you can as always find the podcast on spotify apple podcasts and pretty much anywhere else you get podcasts just search total pod mode and you're sure to find us and we also post regular video content of our playthroughs stream highlights as well as the podcast on our youtube channel total pod mode you can also find us on twitter by searching for at total pod mode all one word and whilst you're there you can find me at mr bames and i'm also on twitch under twitch.tv forward slash mr bames underscore tpf and you can find me at who defunk on twitter and i'm also on twitch under twitch.tv forward slash who defunk and with that it's goodbye from your champion and goodbye from the the loser i guess yes <laughs>